You're listening to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where faith journeys extend beyond the Sunday sermon. Join Pastor Jeff Carlson and guests as they dive deeper into spiritual topics, offering insights and reflections that resonate with believers from all walks of life. Join us for enriching conversations in faith, life, and community. This is Beyond Sunday. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. This is Pastor Jeff, and I'm here with Zach, Pastor Zach Rainey. <laughs> Hello. Hi. And uh, we are going to take a part two, if you will, uh, on the ordinances of the church. And the Assemblies of God has uh, two ordinances. It's in it's in our cardinal doctrines, or in our, not our cardinal, but our, our 16 fundamental truths. Um, that we believe in two ordinances of the church, and so Zach, just review with us real quick what is an ordinance of the, of the church of our church. Well, <clears throat> what does that mean? The first thing is to know that we call them ordinances because they were ordained by Jesus Christ in Scripture, and they so an ordinance was not added through a. a it's church, not an invention of the church. Church tradition or anything like that. Good, <clears throat> but uh, an ordinance is something that reminds us. And represents something like last time we were together, we talked about baptism, you know, being buried is representing death and coming out of the waters, representing raised to walk in newness of of life. So we see the picture of it. They're like, they're like object lessons. We see ordinances are and, but a sacrament is different. It also is an object lesson, but it goes beyond that. It actually provides grace to that person the grace of god is in this sacrament and carries it and and we don't believe that uh, these these ordinances will actually if we give communion to a a sinner it doesn't change their heart no they still have to accept christ the the grace of god is not conferred to them sacrament sacrament they believe sort of a pathway to salvation in some ways and so yeah. we would not believe that we would believe we you know faith alone grace alone is what is what brings yeah. salvation and so sacraments do not save even though that is a teaching of of some churches some orthodox churches yeah. out there if, if we have time ask me a little bit about the sacrament of eucharist compared to communion but i don't think we should start with that thought. okay well let's start with this uh communion is something we do uh, once a month at Connection Point Church, and you know we talk about it, we we pray about it. Um, but I thought it would be good to take a few minutes and just kind of break down and have a little bit more just conversation over what communion is and why it's important to us. So the communion comes from, you know, what we would call the Last Supper, yeah. And really, communion is a it's a take on the Passover meal. So uh, so we have this thing that water baptism was a carryover from Jewish tradition of mm-hmm. ritual bathing. And here we have that communion also is a Jewish tradition that carries yes. over to the Christian church. Reinterpreted. You'd, you'd get if you weren't smarter, you'd think that our Jesus maybe was Jewish. Maybe wouldn't he, he was. Wouldn't you? I don't know. I thought I <laughs> I thought it was Italian. So no. Uh Christianity is so yeah. Jewish but yet with Jesus as the fulfillment well, of Christ. And you know and this is an important distinction because there are Christians who get enamored if you will with the Jewish side of Christianity 
and then begin to believe or think or even press upon others the need, you know, to celebrate the feasts or to wear the tallit or, or to do the whole Passover the whole, instead yeah, of just do, right, this right. last bread and cup. Right. Instead, uh, you know, most people don't know Passover actually took place over several days. Um, this meal we have in John uh, 13 through 16 uh, is the last of the Passover meals. It would have been done the day before, you know, the, the regular Sabbath of that week. Generally, in my understanding of it, you the, can correct the me. The day of atonement. The day, yeah, the day when of they, atonement. I think we have to actually remind people what Passover is in case they don't realize yeah. that <clears throat> thousands of years ago, when Israelites were kind of captive or slaves, well, they were we'll say, captive, in, in Egypt, Moses uh, tried to get them free, and there were nine plagues up to the last one. The last plague, the tenth plague, uh, that was poured out on Egypt was the death of the firstborn. And the Israelites protected themselves with the instructions from God to sacrifice a lamb, and to take that blood and mm-hmm. apply it to the doorposts of their home. Yep. And the death angel would pass over. So why that's why in English, Pesach, that's why in English we call it the pass over. Yes. Because the death angel passed over. And it's tied into the life of Jesus because he is the Lamb of God. Right. He was slain for it us. Is his he blood. did die on the cross. His blood washes away our sins. Not just... On the doorpost, but his the blood of Jesus removes our sins. Yes, and so we have a very strong parallel that Jesus fulfills the Passover, and then <clears throat> the night before he's betrayed, he sits down to have a Passover meal because they're Jewish. Yeah, his twelve are Jewish. Yep, and when he gets to the very last bread and cup, he does the part that's in the. I like the Corinthians passage a lot. Um, you know the one in First Corinthians 11, starting like with verse 23. Uh, Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we we use that scripture. That's when the we, one we read. Yeah, we read generally. that one a lot. I think there's a couple interesting things in there. One, you know, Paul says he received from the Lord. Right. So that means nobody taught him this. Nobody. Uh, so I don't know if... if the other disciples, it wasn't they did it didn't register with them how important that meal was and the things Jesus said that he wanted it instituted in the church. I'm not sure if that was the case, but in any case, the Holy Spirit told Paul at some point what this was all about and why it was important. Uh, the other thing I would say, if you've ever seen a uh, presentation of a Seder meal or a Passover meal that that the Jews would, you know, or I guess practicing Jews would still celebrate today. There is uh, unleavened bread there. It is striped and pierced and like there's, and there's reasons for all these things that it's that way. And then there's, there's actually four cups uh, of wine or 
for us because we're teetotalers, grape juice. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, I got surprised by that once in Europe. My, <laughs> my, well, actually, once in a while, these little plastic cups we have. Oh, yeah. They I ferment they, a bit. I think they get a little fermented yeah. up in the balcony. Yeah. Woo. But my, fav- <laughs> my favorite thing is over at Walmart, they have a, an ethnic section, and you can buy uh, the Community bread, wine. and yeah. uh, the, they've got grape juice. That was made in Israel from oh. from Jewish grapes. Yeah, you know, for, in for a the kosher Seder. in a kosher system. That's my favorite yeah. way. I'll buy a box of uh, matzah, matzah and, uh-huh. and I'll buy that. And and I I actually use these uh, these little dessert glasses. Alcoholics call them shot glasses, but I use these little dessert glasses. Dessert glasses. <laughs> and you're getting around it there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I, I like that way better than our plastic cups. Yeah. But it, but uh, you I can try put a to little be more as, in there. I try to be a little Jewish, even though I don't feel that's a requirement. Yeah, I would agree. In fact, I think I think you can essentially take communion with anything. I've well, done it with bread. And I heard in California they use hot dogs and Pepsi. Yeah, I don't so know about that. Part, I don't know about but. that one. <laughs> but anyway, if you if you ever go to Meyer or wherever and buy a, a box of matzah, you'll find that it is striped and pierced, just like Jesus was. I yeah. think there's some interesting symbolism there. Uh, and then that fourth cup of the night was and is today a cup that the Jews do not drink. It's called the cup of Hillel, and it's reserved for the Messiah. And so when Jesus picked up that fourth cup, which normally would have been bypassed, they set a plate or a place setting for the Messiah. And there's some funny things like they send a child to the door uh, to see if the Messiah is there and, and no, he's not there. Well, maybe he'll come next year kind of thing. But they always set a place for him in case this is the year he comes. And, um, so that cup is his. And, and so for when Jesus, I don't know what the disciples were thinking at that moment when Jesus picked up that fourth cup, but by doing that, he was declaring himself to be the Messiah, the Messiah has come. And so he's certainly been telling them that for a long time. But if you read the passages, the disciples still did not understand what was coming and what was happening. So he says to, he, he lists the bread, he blesses the bread and he breaks it and gives and says, this is my body, which is broken for you. So what, when, when Jesus says his body is broken for us, obviously we know his blood cleanses our sin. What is, we would call this whole act of the atonement. Yeah. The atonement. What Jesus did is the atonement. What it's Jesus dying did. Dying on the cross. Not the breaking of the not, bread. There. Right, right, right. But what now, Jesus did. So right. there's this idea, what what does the atonement provide for us? We understand, we'll get to in a moment, it cleanses our sin. But in the body of Christ, the broken body of Christ, what does the atonement provide for believers? I, I don't think we can separate the the, the body and, and blood entirely. Uh, just because there are two different elements in there, because uh, the broken body of Jesus still is about Jesus yes. dying. Yes, it's still his death. Yes, but we also uh, we had a bodily resurrection of Jesus. So there's the there's the, also this connection of his body being raised in a glorious being form broken as well, put back together. Um, it was Jesus' body that uh, took the stripes. And of course, those stripes brought forth blood as well. But so we ha- we have a lot of places where his body was producing the blood. You know, the stripes, yes. the crown of thorns, uh, the the nails in his body, and then they took the spear and pierced his body. So I I, I see I, in my mind we yeah. can't completely separate the body and his blood. But in in the body, and in, in really the, in, and we take this from Isaiah that by his stripes we've been right. healed. And so we, we when we receive communion sort of in the church in a corporate way, yes. 
that's usually when we pray for healing and we pray for, yeah. you know, deliverances or whatever, and asking the Lord to do those things yeah. that are affecting us in our physical right. world. Because our, our basis for healing is that Jesus took the punishment in his body. Yes. It isn't the communion that brings the healing. It isn't eating the bread, but this is the reminder and this is the picture. And we've got our hearts and our minds focused upon Jesus, yes. the great physician he's called, but also that by his stripes you were healed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think it's interesting too in this in the Seder, um, whoever's leading it, usually the father or the patriarch of the family, because it's, it's a family thing. You know, they'll take the, the uh, matzah and they'll break it just like Jesus' body was broken for us. And then they'll wrap it up in a in a napkin and they'll go hide it somewhere. They'll bury it. Yeah, hide and seek. It's a hide and seek kind of a thing. And so like some of the symbolism that's there again in that Seder is very, very interesting to what actually happened with Christ and his body uh, because he is that Passover. He's the representative of that. Uh, so some people believe, um, especially in Orthodoxy from John 6, that when we receive this piece of bread, whatever it is, that that literally in our mouths, in the receiving of it, turns into the body of Christ, like li- in a literal way, All right, so you're which is really into, strange, you're but I think in, we should touch that. You're getting into the Eucharist. Yes. Okay. So go. There's your chance. So, There's your open door. So it, in, in uh, Roman Catholic Eucharist, there is a point in which the uh, host, the bread, and the wine... Uh, and they they use real wine, Jack. Yes, they do. You know, and sometimes it, a common cup. That it is, tr- in a way, transformed. And the, the word is transubstantiation that came up, saying that it is literally the body and blood of Jesus Christ, even though it doesn't change in appearance or on a molecular level. You could put it in a lab. It would still just be bread, bread and wine. Yeah. But it is literally transformed. That is the body of Jesus. Now, the, the problem that you and I would have, Jeff, is that if that, it, if that bread is now the body of Jesus, Jesus is God, God is now a piece of bread. Yeah. <laughs> and do it, so in the Eucharist, do people bow down and worship that piece of bread? Jeff, they do. Yeah. They bow down and worship a piece of bread. And so w- that's one good reason that we don't follow a sacramental use of that. That sacraments come from church tradition. Yes. Sometimes they come from Invention. actually weird visions that people have had. We follow the word of God. So we we are very, very strong on scripture is the authority. I will say, you know, they're taking that and it's worth saying from John six when Jesus says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Yeah. And you know, and, and he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, yeah, you have no, you, part, you have of no me. part of me. You can't be my disciple. Yeah. Um, and so there's a misunderstanding there of what Jesus was speaking metaphorically. If you just stick to John six, but we just read first exactly. Corinthians 11 and Jesus clarifies it. How can you make a mistake exactly. when he says two times, this is a memory. Yes. This is a remembrance of me. This is, this isn't, you know, here sat Jesus at the Last Supper. There was he sitting there, not even crucified, and he held the bread and said, this is my body. Well, it, it wasn't transformed to his right. body, even when Jesus said it. Right. So there isn't any magical thing that takes place when you and I have communion. Yes. Uh, we do have, once in a while, Catholic people attend our church, and they are just shocked 
to see that we have these communion cups with with juice and bread laying around. It's like a sacrilege. Yeah. But it's okay. We're not we're just throwing the body of the no, Lord no, no. everywhere. But we're not. We're right. not. We're saying it's available for everybody. You know, I Jeff, I have seen little kids come in off of Main Street uh, on a Wednesday night and grab those and have them for a snack. <laughs> it's not it's not respectful, but you know, no, there's no harm to them. Yeah, uh, be, you know. Uh, well, when when I was a kid, I would always gather up. You know, any any good PK or pastor's grandkid would gather up all the extra juice that was going to be dumped and it's get, you get them a, die a glass of, some of grape kind juice. Of bacterial infection or yeah. something like that. Doing that, so. I think uh, uh, as we receive communion, you know, we got the bread, and then of course the the we use grape juice, but but the wine uh, would represent the blood of Christ um, that cleanses us from sin. So I, what I've always thought and, and felt is in the atonement or in the act that Jesus did for us, you know, he provide. you know, it, it goes back to John 10, 10. He has come to give us life and life abundant. And so yeah. there's a there's a provision in there for our current life there. You know, God help us, bless us, use us, work in us heal us, strengthen us, encourage, whatever. Whatever you need from the Lord is available in that moment. But it also covers our eternal our eternal life. You know, yeah. through the blood of Christ, then we're saved and we're, we become, you know, sons and daughters of God adopted into his family and our names are written in the book of life. Not through the act of communion, I don't mean it that way, but through the blood of Christ that he did. So we're remembering that. So Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 11 and he says, so let a man examine himself. Let us examine ourselves so that we don't eat the bread and blood body of the body and blood I, of the Lord. I have it here. It says, so then, this is verse 27 in 1 yep. Corinthians 11. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a person examine himself, and in this way let him eat from the bread and let him drink from the cup. For the one who eats and drinks, if he does not recognize the body, eats and drinks judgment against himself. Because of this, many are weak and sick among you, and quite a few have died. Uh, or fallen asleep is the old way of saying it. But yeah. if we were evaluating ourselves, we would not be judged. But if we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined in order that we may not be condemned with the world. So an unworthy manner is not saying you have to be good enough to deserve communion. Right. right. It's a it's a moment of bringing things back into perspective in some ways it's it's a because it's a reminder of what christ done it's like oh i need to get my life back into alignment with the lord I need to, or i just i need to confirm that my life is still in alignment yes with what the lord has for me and what he wants that there's right. not sin in my life i'm not compromising i'm not on the verge of backsliding whatever uh and i think that the lord wanted us regularly to come to this contemplative moment where we examine ourselves and we check our heart and we give my grandfather used to always say, let the Holy spirit shine a spotlight on every crevice of your heart. You know, <laughs> before you receive, I, I know I'm going to hear you say that. Some, I might, I might, I might say it next week. Uh, but, but you know, there's some truth in that is just examining to see God. Is there anything that's come between us? Is there anything that I've allowed in my life because uh, sometimes those things sneak in. Sometimes we know about them. We totally choose sin and we totally yeah. choose wickedness. But other times, uh, little compromises and little things sneak into our lives and we need to realign. Right. And, and, it, and I think it, that's what that moment's it's, for. It's like we were talking about in, in water baptism. You know, 
you don't have to if if you stray from the path that you're on with the Lord, you don't have to re- be rebaptized every time you right. redirect your life back. But um, the Lord knows the path we need to be on, but He also knows that we kind of make choices and we get we get to the left or yep. we get to the right. So my path following the Lord is like the zigzag road sign. Have you ever seen you mm-hmm. know dangerous curves ahead? That's my the, house. that's my path following the Lord. Yeah. And I wish and it most people's. I wish it had been a straight line. But communion is one of those times that that allows you to examine and say, Lord, I'm still following you. Maybe not as perfectly as I intend to do and as you want me to do. And so uh, I'm reminded that you you sacrificed your life for me, yeah. and I want to redirect my life. I want to follow you more more clearly. Communion, those moments are kind of like, you know, the guardrails on the bridge. Yes. Where, where, or you know, the, we, we, the bowling alley. Or the bowling alley, <laughs> yeah. the bumpers, you know. Yeah. Because you're, you're, maybe you're veering off course. Oh, you hit that thing and it moves you back to the center. And, right. And that's, communion is sort of those those moments regularly in our life, which is why Jesus expected us to do this. You know, while baptism is something that you're not going to do once a month or whatever, no. you are going to no. do that he, with And communion. it was never intended. Never intended like that. But communion was intended to yeah. regularly... Reminder, 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 reminder. That's what Jesus called it, a reminder. So we can come back to the center. I want to say, or I maybe maybe want to talk about just for a second, like that verse, that one of those last verses there. Because you eat the body and bread of the Lord unworthily, you eat and drink condemnation to yourself, or damnation, or judgment to yourself. So someone might be out there thinking, "Oh my gosh, you know, if if I'm not." perfect you know if i've if i if i've still got some things in my life that i'm working through and working on i can't take communion and i don't really think that's what paul's trying to say no you know unless we get clear into this whole context the very love feast that paul was referring to uh there were a problem you know uh they didn't have church buildings where we store the grape juice in a refrigerator. In fact, I understand in the first century, refrigeration was a big problem. Yeah. They didn't have it. Really? So, yeah. So if they had grape juice, guess what? Next week, it's wine. Right. You know, it's got alcohol right. in it. Now, here we have refrigerators in our church. We've got great refrigerators, you know, so there's no reason for us to have to serve alcohol. Yeah. But back then, they would come in and they'd be having their love feast. People were drinking Hey, I brought you better, this. You one. better define that term, love feast. Well, that could be it was taken a lot it was actually it was like a church dinner. <laughs> it was a church. It dinner. was an all church fellowship. Yeah, with and a meal. They shared the love of God, and they were supposed to be sharing their meal, yeah. but they were getting selfish with the drink. Love feast sounds like a very hippie term to me. I like, I kinda, did that come out of the seventies? I cried. At Jesus Revolution, I wish yeah. I was a little older so yeah. I could have been a Jesus Revolution hippie. That's a, that's I got the movie. greatest compliment of my life this week when someone said to me, you remind me of Greg Laurie. Someone wow. actually said that. I, said, I was flabbergasted. I said, that wow. is a huge, huge compliment. I would be a Jesus people back then, but I was a little bitty, bitty kid back then. Well, in the Bible, <laughs> not to bring it back to the center here on the bumper cars, but uh, in the Bible... You know, the Corinthian church was really kind of messed up, and that's what Paul's writing to. They were getting drunk. They're getting drunk. They're that's that's an unworthy manner, right yeah, there. They're, you they're, you they're, don't drink so much of the communion juice that you're drunk. Well, Paul Paul gets into you know they're treating each other poorly, and they're yeah. they're preferring you know the rich members over the poor members, and, and they were being whatever, selfish. Whatever. So just, this is my wine. You they can't were, have it. They were just not being very godly, and you're so right. Paul's trying to say to them, guys, you better you better check yourself. You right. better. You're trying to eat and drink the Lord. You better check yourself, 
and make sure that you're in the right frame of mind so here. It wasn't just the individual that examined their heart. Paul was writing church. to a group. Yes. You guys as a group yes. better be not doing this in an unworthy manner. Yes. If you're not loving one another, if you're coming to the altar with offenses, Jesus already spoke to that. You return and make things right yep. before you come. Matthew 18 and So 24. he's talking to us as a church group. Are we on track with So God? while he's, you know, really kind of reprimanding the Corinth the church of Corinth, I mean, it still is relevant to us today. Yeah. That there is an examination that needs to take place before we receive communion, whether corporate communion or individual communion. A lot of people will take communion on their own, you know, and they're welcome to do that. There's nothing wrong. And, with and we're that. using the word communion. Yes. And actually, it, the what we call communion ha, is also called the Lord's table yep. or the, the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Supper because of reminding us that Jesus instituted Yep. At, the at the Passover he had with his disciples. But um, we call it communion because in Acts 2.42, the very first church, it says, and they were devoting themselves in the teaching of the apostles and to fellowship. That's the word koinonia, breaking communion, mm-hmm. and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So it's tied together with communion to to commune with someone means to share something in common. Yes. And it's good if we don't just take communion all to myself, go off my own little corner. It's also good to take it with your family at home. Yep. Say, hey, we're going to pray. So I, I encourage people, stop at the store and buy those matzahs and the juice. Have it at your house. Share it with your family yep. in Dixie cups and, and pray through it together. And and not just on once a month on Sunday. I think we should use it like when the men have a, a, a group together. When the women have a group together, we can be sharing communion more often than some we people, even think of. Some churches, some people do uh, all the time. You know, every yeah. week or, or you don't have to that. be a specially ordained minister no. to, to provide. Communion. I think that's a huge thing. Like you don't have it doesn't have to be led by a pastor. You can no. you can totally do it. But there is an examination moment. There's a time yeah. to check our hearts and check ourselves and check our community yep. to be sure that we're we're lining up with what the Lord wants. So, you know, I don't want anybody to feel left out. I do I do usually say, hey, this is a believer thing. And if you're not a believer, absolutely, this is something you probably ought to sit out and not because we don't love you. That would be an unworthy manner, too. Because yeah. like we said, you know, baptizing a, 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 a sinner who is unrepentant, They're just they wet. just come out wet. Yeah. And it doesn't do anything to serve communion to an unbeliever. It doesn't, you know, it's yeah. just like, well, that, that. Cracker no. had no taste. <laughs> yeah, and they don't. And that's all there is to it. You know, the little kid grabbing communion and eating it out on, on yeah. Main Street on Wednesday night, it doesn't it's provide any grace for them at all. A tiny bit of juice. It really doesn't even provide that, provide that many calories, so no. it's not no. going to do anything for them. So next time we take communion, uh, you know, we'll have those moments where we examine our heart and examine your heart and uh, receive with joy, with gladness, with yeah. remembrance, with appreciation, um, the Lord's Supper. Yeah, I think it's a great thing. It doesn't always have to be a sad time. It's a celebration, too, of the death and resurrection of the gift of uh, cleansing of sins that Jesus provided. So it can be a time of gratitude and joy yeah. as well. I think it's all those things. Yeah. Those things. Well, thanks for joining us again today as we talked about communion and the second ordinance of the church. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you and sharing more things with you again very soon. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We invite you to join the conversation and share your thoughts at connectionpointchurch.org slash beyondsunday. 
Spread the word and share this podcast with others. Stay inspired and connected as we explore faith beyond Sunday.